All right, Frank Mick is back with you with another edition of Faith Fire Media. This week, we're going to talk about the mercy of God. We, we hear a lot about the grace of God. The Bible speaks so much about the mercy of God and the Lord has been ministering to me. I want to share this with you. It is a word for this age, no doubt about it. We need a lot more mercy in this world. We need to see the eyes of Jesus with mercy in his eyes. Oh, I'm excited about how God is speaking to us right now. We'll be back after this. Praise God for you. Frank Mickens here back with Faith Fire Media. This week, the, the topic is very simple, the mercy of God, the mercy of God. And I uh, just want to reintroduce myself to some and introduce myself for the first time in case you've never seen or heard anything about our ministry. Faith Fire Media is a ministry of Faith Fire Worldwide Revival Ministries. Our mission is to fan the flame of revival around the world. And we want to do that by proclaiming the gospel in person, we also want to broadcast revival and we want to see a national day of revival in America. That is one of our prayer points. And we praise God for you being here. Listen, God is really up to preparing his bride, has been always, and he will be until the return of Jesus Christ. Now, we want to look at the mercy of God, though, in view of this, that he is preparing his bride and wanting us to have his heart, his mind, his spirit. And the beginning of the year, I released a word where the Lord was speaking to me about how all that's been going on around us, all of the fire we've been in, the fiery furnace, it is intended for us to be prepared by taking on his vision and hearing his voice. There are so many voices. There are so many different ways that you can see the world. The Lord wants you to see as he sees. He wants you to hear what he's saying, and he wants you to focus on those things because otherwise you're going to be confused. You're going to be carried away into some things that are not healthy and might even obscure who Jesus is in the eyes of other people. So talking about the mercy of God, I'm going to turn to Exodus. And real quick, just a reminder for those of you who might be interested, you can sign up for our email newsletter. If you go to faithfireworldwide.com, we have an email newsletter where we send out uh, the word of the Lord maybe two or three times a week. Also, you can sign up for text alerts. Text alerts come to you if you text the word FAITHFIRE to 55498, 55498, and we'll let you know when we have new episodes that are being released. Praise God. All right, so we're going to go back here to our topic, the mercy of God. We're going to go to Exodus chapter 34. This is where the Lord reveals his name to Moses, and we're going to turn to verse 6, and we're going to read from the New King James Version. It says, and the Lord passed before Moses and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering, and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression in sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. So, Got some notes here. I just want to start off by saying the only element of God's character that we see repeated in this verse 
is mercy. It says in verse 6, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful. <laughs> the first thing he says after he says, I'm the Lord, is I'm merciful. And then he says gracious. So mercy prioritized here over grace. And then in verse 7, it says, keeping mercy for thousands. In other translations, the New Living Translation says, keeping mercy for a thousand generations. So mercy is in his character, which means we need to know his mercy. We need to know how we can be administers uh, of his mercy. Amen. We see a lot of criticism in the land. We see a lot of judgment. We see a lot of finger pointing. We see a lot of people trying to punish folks, so to speak, for what they do, what they believe, what they don't get right, because we or they might say, I've got it all figured out. You're not doing it my way. Well, that's not the mercy of God. And the book of uh, 1 Peter tells us in verse uh, chapter 2, it says, oh, I'm sorry, this is Romans chapter 2. Paul writes, he says, is it not the goodness of God that leads us to repentance? And we're going to get to goodness and how that relates to mercy in just a second. But the idea is God doesn't come after us to punish us. He doesn't come after us to remind us of what we've done wrong. To have us sit there and sulk and have self-loathing over our mistakes and our failures. No, that's not the heart of God. He sits on a mercy seat. So you go into the temple, you get through the veil, and you go into the most holy place, the holy of holies. And it's a mercy seat, not a judgment seat. He administers judgment, but his mercy endures forever. He is a merciful God. He loves mercy. His mercy endures forever. And we see this again and again and again. It's by his mercy we are not consumed. We see him best in his mercy. It's his determination to love us in spite of ourselves. He shows his mercy by forgiving us. This is what we see in verse 6, in verse 7 rather. Keeping mercy for thousands. How? By forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. So good. The second verse here says he keeps mercy for thousands of generations. And listen to this translation in the New Living Translation. It says, I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin. I do not excuse the guilty. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children and grandchildren and entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generation. So he starts off by saying, I forgive iniquity. He starts off by saying, I lavish unfailing love. That translation is where they took keeping mercy and said, I lavish unfailing love. So his mercy can be synonymous with unfailing love. I'm getting to a point here. Stick with me. We see his unfailing, enduring love through his mercy. They are synonymous. Unfailing love, mercy. We cannot love like Jesus without showing his mercy. Mercy is undeserved forgiveness withholding judgment, choosing to favor someone in spite of what they've done. It's a decision to overlook and to see the good in someone, to see their value above their mistakes. Let's go to the book of Genesis. This is where the Lord broke me this morning before I came and made this recording. 
was asking the Lord, well, Lord, you got to give me an example of this mercy that you're teaching me right now and the priority of mercy. And it is this. In uh, Genesis chapter 3, in verse 9, this is after the fall. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? He was searching for Adam even after Adam ate the forbidden fruit, even after Adam disobeyed, even after Adam did something wrong. God shows up. Mercy shows up. I'm going to read verse 8 and 9. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? Where are you? That's the mercy of God. When we see people doing things that are wrong, sinful, are we hearing the Lord asking for their soul, looking for their soul? Are we so offended by what they do? Jesus came not to save the righteous. Um, he came to save, save sinners. We forget this so easily. We watch the news. We get caught up in a lot of different movements, drum beating, rat, uh, saber rattling. Jesus came to administer mercy. He says, I judge no man. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Choosing to favor, favor someone in spite of what they've done, that's what Jesus did. And he's still doing it. So when Adam and Eve did exactly the opposite of what the Lord said, they, they felt condemnation. They covered themselves with fig leaves. They tried to hide from the Lord, but yet he still came. He knew what they had done, but he came as he always came in the cool of the day, walking in the garden. And he was saying, where are you, Adam? I know that you're out of alignment. You're out of step with me. You did something wrong, but I'm still coming for you. Where are you? Don't hide from me. Is that the kind of evangelism that we project daily by our Facebook posts, by what we watch, who we follow, the words we speak about people? Yeah. God says, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, thoughts of good. So we shouldn't be saying anything or thinking anything ill of others. He sent Moses to Pharaoh 10 times, <laughs> 10 times, giving him an opportunity to see his glory. And there were times where Pharaoh asked for, for God's mercy, and then he, he changed his heart. He just didn't have it in him. And God went to him and until he was convinced that Pharaoh had fully rejected him. God judged Egypt for um, He judged Egypt. <laughs> I'm pausing because I feel the Holy Spirit and just how he is not here to judge people. He's a comforter. He wants to bring people into the arms of a loving father. Mercy is the decision to overlook and see the good in someone, to see their value above their mistakes. This is love, not imputing sin on people or reminding them of 
what they've done. You can look at who they are, God's child. <laughs> we see God's goodness in his mercy. The word for mercy in Hebrew is the word kesed. Its root word means kind. So when we say God is good, we're saying God is merciful. Mercy and kindness just are interlinked, interwoven. To show kindness is to choose mercy. The word kesed is often translated as goodness and faithfulness. So we see his faithfulness in his mercy. We see his goodness in his mercy. They're synonymous. He chooses not to leave us or forsake us because he's merciful. You know that one sin, what Adam and Eve did was literally eat a piece of fruit. But it was not faith, it was sin. And that was all it took to shatter the perfection in the garden. One sin disqualifies us, and we sin so often, but he still keeps coming. Where are you? If you're a person who doesn't know God, I just want you to know the Lord is asking you, where are you? He's looking for you. And he's not looking for you to get yourself together. He wants to come to you and give you himself, give you his unfailing love. I pray you give your heart to Jesus. And just say, Jesus, I want to be yours. Bring me into your heart. I surrender all to you. Get into a Bible-believing church and serve him. And watch how he blows your mind. So be a to be a merciful person, we need to show ourselves as faithful and committed no matter what people do. We love them. We are kind to them. We choose to forgive them. The word kesed comes from the idea of pity towards someone. So instead of choosing to punish people, point fingers, call them out of their name, we should pity them. God sees our frame. He pities us. He sees our weaknesses. He chooses to forgive. He chooses us. And we see this on the cross. Romans 5 and 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's mercy. He chose to be as we are so we can be as he is. He chose to love us in our sin. He didn't reject us or throw us away or label us. He came to us as a baby born in a manger of a woman and the Holy Spirit. He loved us into himself. He shows us love before we know what love is. And by showing us, we come to know him as love, as the definition. Personified love is Jesus. We become acquainted with love. We see we need love, not condemnation. Romans 5, 6, for when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. So we can be weak, but God gives us his strength through his mercy. We see ourselves as better through him. We see our value through his sacrifice. And we can see the value in other people as well by the same sacrifice he made for them. So in, in this environment where there's so much division, there's so much vitriol, there's so much rhetoric, there's so much finger pointing, there's so much labeling, there's so much saber rattling, there's so much opinion. I would invite you to withhold your opinion and be kind and love people as Jesus loves them. His desire is that none would perish. Hallelujah. It is by the Lord's mercy that we're not consumed. 
Thank you for your mercy. We can pity even the most vile sinner, the most despised person who doesn't know love. He just doesn't know love. And we can show them love by exhibiting mercy. Listen to this in Psalm 103. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourishes. He pities us. He knows our frame, that we're weak, that we can't help it. And we should think of others that way. Father, forgive them for they don't know what to do. They can't help it. We should be praying a lot more than we are speaking about people. Pitying someone is illustrated by coming down to their levels. Like the woman caught in, in adultery, he got in the dirt down on his knees and rode in the dirt as she was being accused. Pitying someone is relating to them, not excusing their mistakes, but seeing the need for love, being there to show mercy. Meaning you don't say that the mistake wasn't made, but you show them love in it and through it. Psalm 103 again in verse 10 through 12, it says, He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. Meaning his mercy can't be measured. It can't be summed up <laughs> as far as the east is from the west. So far has he removed our transgressions from us. So he removed our sins from us. How? By his mercy. He doesn't label us by what we do. He doesn't marry us to our sin. He marries us. He removes us from our sin. He separates us from our sin as far as the east is from the west. <laughs> mm. He wipes away our sin by coming close. He loves the hell out of us. He takes us to another place. He doesn't give up on us. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. Compassion and mercy go together. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Listen, God wants you to be a, a minister of mercy. What does the Bible say? Do justly, love mercy. Love mercy. God, I pray that we will love being merciful, being those who understand and kiss it. Every morning, he provides room for our mistakes. He sees the good. The word kesed is founded upon the idea that you have a zeal towards someone, like Adam. He says, where are you? There was a zeal for God toward Adam. He was coming toward him. He's zealous for us. He has mercies for us. Mercy has a direction. So mercy from God causes him to Pinpoint your location. Where are you? Where is your soul? What is your soul condition? What condition are you in? God is always asking. He's always concerned. Mercy has desire embedded in it. Mercy is what brings God. He shows up because of his mercy. So 
look at it this way. Before the flood, the Bible says that every thought inside of human beings was wicked. But Noah found favor in the eyes of God. And so God had one man left on the planet. His mercy had endured so long that every other human being alive had rejected him except one. He he allowed his mercy to preserve people's lives. They were living for hundreds of years. He preserved their lives in spite of the fact that all of their thoughts were wicked. And how can we point fingers? If, If sin had gotten so big that only one man found favor in the eyes of God and God still showed mercy, Man, I'm telling you, with all the Christians and all the word that we have in this world, we should be loving mercy. Mercy has a desire to make things right. It brings God's attention. He's attentive to us because of his mercy. He's looking to get on the same page with us. He's looking to bring us back to himself always, always. He wants us more than he wants to judge us. He wants relationship more than he wants to keep a record of wrong. He's perfect, but chooses to love people who are imperfect. (laughs) I love that. He chooses to bless and not curse. Psalm 136 lists all these amazing blessings and amazing things God did as evidence of his mercy. (laughs) We see his favor in his mercy. He chooses to bless instead of curse. He could curse. But it's not in his nature because he's merciful. He he gives us every blessing as a sign of his mercy. We deserve punishment, but he gives us everlasting life. We deserve criticism, but he gave his son on a cross. To bear your cross every day is to show mercy every day. Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me. That means be merciful. It doesn't mean point fingers and judge people and say, I'm right, you're wrong, get over it. Love those who don't deserve love because you didn't either. Amen. Choose blessing. Withhold judgment because his mercy endures forever. And he wants to show you and others by how you show mercy as he does. He wants to use you as an instrument of mercy to show his mercy. It's a sermon to you and them. The enemy comes to excuse. He wants relation. I'm sorry. The Lord comes to excuse He wants relationship. The enemy comes to accuse. The Lord comes to excuse. He shows up even in our sin. He wants relationship, and it's by his goodness, his mercy that people change. Romans 2, 4, or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? Repentance comes from people experiencing uncommon love through God's mercy. He is long-suffering, patient. He forbears us. He accepts us in spite of our mess. And he expects more of us. He wants to love us better, so we are better. Withholding mercy is not behaving like Jesus. He didn't throw the law at us. He shed his blood. Some will reject it. And that's what brings condemnation when people just are just committed to rejecting and, and the Lord can't force them to receive his mercy and his grace. But no one will be able to say, Jesus didn't love me 
No one will be able to say Jesus didn't care. No one will be able to say his mercy didn't find them. They just didn't want it because his mercy endures forever. Bible says, Psalm 136, verse 2 and 3, Oh, give thanks to the God of gods, for his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endures forever. He is the God of gods. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords because of his mercy. Without mercy, we'd all be disqualified before we even had a chance to come to Christ. And so we may have that heart. May we have that heart. What the world needs now is merciful soldiers of Christianity, loving people with open arms, just as the prodigal son's father was there and came to him. Mercy comes to you. May we be those who are sent. Glory to God. This is my prayer, Lord. Mm. This is my prayer for us. As your people that we will love mercy. Teach us your mercy. They are new every morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Revival will come when the people of God choose mercy. Thank you, Jesus. What do we say about people when they're not around? What do we say about people groups? What do we say about police? What do we say about this person and that person. It's not his mercy. Not his mercy. God, we love you. We praise you. Amen. I pray you give us your eyes and your ears and your heart, Lord. Lord, I'm so, so thankful for you. Next week, we'll be back. Um, I pray that this ministers to you. I pray this challenges you to be a minister of mercy. The Lord is really calling his bride to uncommon love right now. And we can't love people if we're not merciful. If you're interested in partnering with our ministry, you can go to faithfireworldwide.com and um, click support. You can also sign up for our text alerts. Text the word faithfire, one word, to 55498. Or you can sign up for our newsletter at faithfireworldwide.com and be filled in on all the things we're doing. And the word of the Lord will come straight to your mailbox. I praise God for you. So thankful for the peace of God that comes through his mercy. We'll see you next week. Thank you.